0: Welcome nice to living with Jonathan and Katie. I'm Katie. How are you? I'm
1: Jonathan Sarah Doral, and I'm still eating chocolate and raisin ants. <laughs> chocolate raisin ants. Take two. Okay, you go. I'm
0: Ka- <laughs> I'm Katie French, and I just started investing. Did you really? I did, but literally. So there's this app. I will say I think this app is amazing, and I'm not sponsored. I hope I will be. Um, it's called Lvest, and I did learn about it on the Goop podcast. Sue me. And it's really, because I, I don't know. And nobody knows anything about investing. That's the point of it. Like only oh, like.
1: It's called Lvest. Vest? Yeah. Is that the app that was created by Elle Woods?
0: No, but basically it's literally like this, the one like fi- female CEO of some financial, whatever. Anyway, she was basically like, investing is sexist women women are disempowered like economically as you know part of the force especially like women of color so she's like i want i basically want bitches to get their money but what's crazy is that the app is like um uh it's it's kind of fun but kind of depressing because they were like basically they're like the existing way that you invest is kind of like gendered because it's based on like male models and male earning potential and so the funny thing is the site is like it's basically like Hey girl, welcome to investing. Women don't make any money. So we're going to change the portfolio to account for the fact that you don't make money. (laughs) Like it's very, um, they're doing the right thing, but whatever. Anyway, but basically it was like, you could do $50. There's like some promo code and just see what happens. So it was like day one, I was like up $10. And I was like, I mean, I'm fucking rich now, like come for me. And then next day it was like down $20. And I was like, okay, fine. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to see how that, Nothing. Oh, I'm just gonna. So I'm just gonna like let it roll. But I was very exciting. But they are really cool because they, since like Black Lives Matter, they've been sending out such interesting emails about like how they're trying to like close the gap for Black people and for Black women. And so much so that they were like literally were like looking at everything we do through the lens of like systemic racism. So much so that they broke down and they were like, because I don't I don't know anything about how financial trading works, you know. And that's right. they try to create this. And basically, they were like. Here's how it works: like we 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 buy these things, like these basically bundles of whatever, or invest in them. And they were like, but we don't know what those actually are always funding. So she basically was like, as it stands right now, according to our research, like basically they were like, if you have a hundred dollars invested, two cents might be going to fund private prisons. So they were like, and the question being, do you like not do those anymore and not make money, or do you do? Keep investing in those, but put double the money into other things. It's really hard. So, but they've been very clear about stuff, and like, it's just been very interesting. And they're like working towards like ethical portfolios and stuff. But um,
1: right.
0: I don't know. I lost fifty dollars. Is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> oh God! You lost fifty dollars and you funded private prison. Yeah. No. So,
0: <laughs> I'm I'm a Karen, guys. I'm coming uh, out as a Karen for Pride
1: Month. <laughs> but but speaking of uh, Pride Month. This, um, this month has been focused on, um, pride, the pride, different pride organizations, solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I don't know if we talked about this, but I went to the big, um, Oh yeah, um, we
0: haven't talked since you went to the big march the, for- It was
1: the pride, uh, solidarity march for Black Lives Matter, which, um, we didn't get to see each other at because you were about to get a COVID test and so you had to yeah. be- People. Um, but I do have to say it was huge. It was like, what, 30,000 people? But it was definitely um, like a lot of mixed messages. I mean, I told you that, like, there was, I felt like at the other protests that were just much more focused on Black Lives Matter, that was the message at hand. But because this was like a little sloppily done and not. It's not at the fault of Black Lives Matter and not at the fault of any of the Black groups or activists that were involved in putting it on. It was actually the fault of Christopher Street West, the organization that usually does um, LA Pride, because they originally came out saying, we're gonna do a solidarity march for Black Lives Matter. And then when everyone was like, great, who are the Black queer people that you have involved? They were like, "Um, wait, wait, repeat the question? What was that? <laughs> and then they didn't answer. And then of course they had to step away because they were getting such backlash as they should. And then they brought in um, queer black uh, voices to come and uh, do the protest. But of course they didn't have that much time. You know, I feel like if they had more time, they could have planned it a little bit better, but also it was not even their fault. It was just like some people who were coming that was like, I mean, there was just one guy I remember listening and he was talking about like great things. And then he like parlayed his speech about stopping police police brutality against black indigenous and latino people right to parlay that into speaking about bitcoin he was like and now i want to talk to you guys about something that is super important bitcoin it's the new thing which he's correct maybe he what he's talking about is like like dismantle capitalism or whatever but it's like no it was too complicated of a subject for everyone there who wasn't even there for that that's so funny to comprehend so literally the crowd started to like move past him and he started to lose the crowd because people wanted to hear about black trans lives and they wanted yeah. to hear about black lives and police brutality and stuff like that we they weren't here for like bitcoin and stuff but little things <laughs> like that that was kind of like i don't know i feel like that was just a little off message it was it was just a digression that we didn't have at the other marches and i think it was because it was like Pride in solidarity for Black lives, you know? Yeah. But I did think most of the people at the march did focus on Black trans lives, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, this Pride sucks um, anyways because of all the police brutality that, it, that has been going on. But it's just, I feel like, ramped up even more. All the lynchings of Black people, the killings of Black people and people of color, um, the killings of Black trans people, us being in quarantine... The election, the economy, I mean, this is like probably the worst Pride month ever. I mean, it's probably the worst every type of month, like history month.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, just the 2020 has been terrible. And all I'm saying is I just, I miss dancing without my shirt on with a bunch of bears. But right now, we can't do that. Because guess what? A lot of those bears are racist. And
0: because Bitcoin.
1: (laughs) Bitcoin, yeah.
0: Well, yeah.
1: I've just been disappointed as a gay man, too. Like, there's so much racism in the gay community, Oof. especially against Black people and other people of color. But seeing this huge global movement of Black Lives Matter brings out the inner racism in people in other oppressed groups. And they, like, attack the movement because the movement's getting attention. And they do feel like... I've just seen so much stuff of gay men being like, um, I literally saw a post today that was like, hey Blacks, you get one month, okay? Don't try to colonize our month. And it's like, excuse me. Oh my God. Stop accusing Black people of colonizing. Colonize. oh my God. They are, they are some of the least colonial type. That is month.
0: so embarrassing. Like, that. I mean, it's horrific one, but also like, oh God,
1: the am I mean, it's absolutely crazy, but it's stuff like that. Like they feel, that they are under attack and In bold, yeah, coming from a white gay or a white passing gay or whatever you know what I mean it's it's usually that those types of people
0: it's you know. very um it's it's so disheartening at first you can say like it's shocking it's crazy like why would they do that? don't they know but it's like it's human nature to like continue to like when you feel oppressed to look for someone else to oppress but it's so um it's so ridiculous, but all that said, there was huge good news this pride in the supreme court ruling yes like huge this is a federal law so from my understanding and um, this federal protection also like negates a lot of states rights laws because it supersedes it
1: mm-hmm. so
0: even the bullshit they, they keep trying to pass to like discriminating against trans people in workplace like whatever on state level this federal protection the supreme court ruling um protects from discrimination so that is like
1: this is something that we also have to realize for Pride, why this is so historic for Pride Month is like we live in California, so I have I have for most of my life lived in a state where, as an adult gay man at least, I had pretty much most of the protections that you as a straight person have because we lived in California. But there was a minority of states like 20 something that were like that, and and many of them didn't even have full protections. They were like only gays and lesbians are protected, but trans people not at all, right? So for the other 29 or 30 something states had no protection or very little protections for LGBTQ people. So it was totally legal to fire them for being queer. Texas it was legal uh, to do that. So that's the reality that the majority of the states and the queer people living in those states have been living in this whole time, you know? And that's crazy to me because I feel like because this country is so big, and you can live in a very liberal state like California and New York, right? As a gay man, you can feel like, oh, that, those times, those are past. But in the Supreme Court ruling, I realized, no, those times, they were now. I was living in those times. It's just, I wasn't living in a place where I was getting the worst of it.
0: Yeah.
1: I was living in a country where the majority of the states in my own country um, was treating uh, LGBTQ people, my people, as second-class citizens. I mean, that's been going on forever, but you think, oh, since the gay marriage thing, everything is fucked, no, not at all. There's still so much to do. Um, I'm glad that it passed, but it passed very narrowly, um, which is very disheartening. And also while it passed and while it includes uh, transgender people, um, just days before that, transgender people, they got their rights stripped away in terms of the uh health care that they can access uh based on how they identify in terms of their gender so it's like we're getting we're we're winning rights but then we're also just like it's all well, they're been.
0: trying the well I,
1: people have been getting their rights stripped away
0: yeah they're actively trying to what i did i did hear from my understanding though is that this that supreme court ruling actually negates that that piece of legislation really because the idea is like are you based is your sex based on like you know like medical biological or is it like what you identify as and so this language says like what you identify as so they can't like follow the the bullshit one
1: that's great i hope that yeah. I hope that's amazing i didn't even know that
0: yeah that's what from my understanding which is wonderful and i heard that through Burn cox through brene brown's podcast so that's great hopefully. Um, but yeah, it's it's really crazy. Um, but it is, I will say, like, because it has been such an oppressive, like, such a fucking dark time, hearing that that passed was like, it felt like a quick breath of air in, like, the drowning, you know? <laughs> like, it really did, it'd be like, oh my god, thank god. Thank you, thank you, thank you, like, something, you know? But um, it's, I don't know, we just keep, I don't know. It's been a really interesting time. I am grateful, though, for the, at least as a white woman um, for the dialogue and for the kind of like collective reflection, like in my day job we're doing, um, we're kind of like doing a task force and like talking about how we can like um, company-wide, like what we can do, the actions we can take, the training we can get, the things we can read. Like, so it's, I, I like the community aspect of like everybody kind of being, committed to doing this work and thinking about stuff um so I I try to see like opportunities and whatever shitty stuff is happening and like you know it also it is that thing of like it starts with you right so like what is your own programming or things like that so I um I started reading I guess can we shout out should we shout out people
1: okay yeah so we're doing this new thing where we're um shouting out black creators. Um, we're going to do an emphasis on black queer creators for this month, but it's just going to be like an ongoing thing that we do. Um, just black content creators of all different realms that inspire. So if if Katie, if you want to start.
0: Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, he's not queer, but, um, but I have started reading Trevor Noah's memoir, which I'm like way late on, but it's so, so astounding. So educational. It's, I'm obsessed with, I read so many celebrity memoirs. I read memoirs of all types. His is like hands down one of the best because it kind of flips between his memoir and then kind of the historical context of each chapter and then goes into his experience and then like what the law was and then his experience. So um, it's it's really incredible and I can't believe, I mean, obviously like it's a long fight that they have, but the lev- like what South Africa was in apartheid and how far they've come, although of course it's not far enough, you know, it's one of those things, but the level is like, it's just astounding. And what he experienced as, um, like a mixed person who was like, you know, it's the title of his book is born a crime. Um, but also his
1: Uh, mom, just him being born was illegal, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have to say in that book, I, I am interested in what he says, but also his mom is an astounding person. She was like a black woman who like, it was illegal to live in Johannesburg. She was like, fuck it. I'm living there. I'll just get some maid overalls and like, fucking other than that, I'll have an apartment there she was like you know put him in places where like he shouldn't legally be like she was just an incredibly brave person she would get arrested she would be like i don't care go back to her apartment like an astounding person you really have to ask yourself i think we all have in this like time like you know when you say well if i was alive at that point what would i be doing and you have to like ask yourself like when you are facing these types of injustices how far and how brave will you be to like fight you know So it's been very inspiring to read that and to hear that. Um, And he, I just, I really respect him anyways because I feel like even on his show, he he speaks, he breaks these issues down so clearly and so like in a measured way and explains things very, very intelligently. And he just has such firsthand knowledge of the level of institutionalized racism Yeah, that um I just really I respect it he's not queer but um I will say my queer
1: like that is such an important I mean it doesn't need to be queer black people it could be just black creators in general but um yeah like when you think about South Africa and the nerve of the the nerve of white colonialism it's crazy because like of course, we dealt with that here in terms of the genocide of the indigenous the uh, slaves being brought over. But then to, I mean, I guess it's the same thing. I mean, they, white people went to the Americas, colonized brown people's land. And then they also went to Africa and colonized their land and made those people second-class citizens in their own land. Like, absolutely crazy. Not that anyone should be made a second-class citizen if they're not in their, like, homeland.
0: And to be honest, in South, South Africa, home. they did not even, not even second class, they didn't allow them to be citizens. Like, they put okay. them on reserve, it, it, it's just astounding. I mean, and, and that happened here too, you know? I mean, um, South,
1: it's, it's very, it's different, but in the, the fact that in South Africa, it's a white minority that, right. has, that has held the wealth and power, um, it's very similar in a lot of, like, Latin American nations, where it's like, a lot of these nations, the white population is like 5%. 5% yet they hold the majority of the wealth and power in those nations even though the 90 95% of the rest of the country is not white you know I mean
0: that's that's worldwide white people are i mean the biggest populations on earth are indian and chinese you right. know like white people are minor are a minority like globally right but um, yeah, it's it's astounding. But it's such an incredible book. I would recommend anybody read it. I know I'm way late on it, but um, it's it's really really worthwhile. But my queer person I want to shout out is Todrick Hall, who is the dancer, right? Not writer. Um, director. I mean, he does a lot of choreography on RuPaul's Drag Race. But I love his albums, um, Straight Out of Oz, which is probably the gayest title mm-hmm. <laughs> of an album. Um, and his uh, his latest album is called. Uh, it's the Nails, Hips, Hair, Heels album. Um, it, what's it's called? I'm trying to see what it's called. I think it's actually called, it's called House Party Part One. So that makes sense. Um, but I, I know he's had scandals about like him not paying his dancers, although he did name drop that in one of his recent songs saying that he did. But um, I really respect him as a creator and an artist, especially as someone who's very talented, but because of the straight systems that be, he's, he has had to go outside the system, like the traditional system, because he, he was on American Idol, um, auditioned, and, um, but I just, I love his stuff, I love his documentary, he has a great song with Bob the Drag Queen, um, that I love so much, called, uh, Wrong Bitch, so great, it's also, it's a, it's a anthem for, against black, I mean, against police brutality, (laughs) yeah, um, so shout out to him, look him up, I love his stuff so much
1: yeah he's amazing. um my person that I want to shout out is a little a little person named James Baldwin.
0: a little um, a little fella
1: yeah he was a prolific um, gay uh, black writer uh, from back in the day, um, also an activist and he was highly a part of um, the civil rights movement in that era um but also was someone who very bravely like, wrote gay literature um, at a time when that was not very accepted. And you should read his stuff and I need to read more of his stuff. Uh, but one thing that if you don't wanna read his stuff, or you don't have time, what you should do is YouTube him speaking about race. There are There's a plethora of videos about him speaking about race and the stuff that he was saying in his time was so ahead of the white audiences that he's speaking to, um, it's, it's, it's sometimes a little sad because you're like, he is so far ahead, literally the majority of the people that are in this like, conference hall that he's speaking in, they don't even comprehend every single thing that he's saying and it, it kind of harkens back to how black people have been saying like, we have been saying this, we've been like singing this, we've been writing about this, but no one's actually been like listening to what we were saying. You've heard it, but you haven't really listened. And the stuff that he's saying is all the same stuff that you're hearing now, um, huge tenants part of the Black Lives Matter movement. It's just amazing to see someone, you know, in a a video that's from 50 years ago, um, which isn't that long ago, this gay, Black, queer creative, talking about that stuff in white, white, white spaces. I mean, I just can't stress enough how revolutionary that is. I mean, it, it truly is so revolutionary. He is like the three things that America absolutely hates. Yeah. Um, I don't know, <clears throat> just his work. Um, I, I, I'm i sure people listening do not need to be told to <laughs> look up to the problem. We'll link it.
0: below, guys. Click on the link below. We'll <laughs> link it.
1: I didn't know as much about
0: it yeah
1: as um as i should have um growing up um so and i think a lot of people in america are like that you know we don't get enough of black history and black culture in our schools we don't get enough like latino stuff we get almost no indigenous type of um like in-depth culture and history so i think there needs to be like as adults we do have to kind of re-educate ourselves i mean look, I didn't, I said this, I said this on this podcast, I didn't know who Toni Morrison was until I was like 24, 25 or something, Yeah. You know? so, there is.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of, um, I don't want to say homework to be done, but it is really interesting too, like I, I've i been reflecting, of course, on like what podcasts I like, when I look at what is the media I consume, Yes. what is it, you know, and uh, to be honest, again, like I was like a lot of the stuff I consume is queer media, which tends, not tends to be, but has more poc queens um but there is so much more like to you know to do
1: right so the second thing i want to call out is something that we've both already seen but it's available for everyone to see so you should go stream it which is season two of pose it's available on netflix i just rewatched it it's absolutely amazing um i think it's better than the first season as i've said before um because in this one where it starts in 1990, we already know the characters. I feel like the writing is better. The acting is so much better. Like, um, I feel like this happens to every single TV show. It's not just Pose. Season one is just not that good compared to, like, as soon as season two hits, they kind of know what they're talking about. It's very rare to see a show, even remember Sex in the City? They were still talking to the camera. and
0: Yeah, There's they were doing lot- talking heads. <laughs>
1: Not that Pose was awful in season one, but it was a lot of setting up the world because, you know, it's like
0: you have to, yeah. a
1: mainstream, straight audience watching on FX. They need to know what, like, ballroom is and what was going on in the 80s and all that stuff. But now we know. And one thing that I really appreciate about season two of Pose is even though there's tons of hardships and horrific things that happen on it, I really love the episode where it's just Black trans women going to the beach enjoying themselves. Mm,
0: yeah. Okay. Remember
1: that episode? Because that's something that we need is just to see like black trans women having fun on TV and enjoying themselves, not always fighting injustice, which is, but you just need to see them like in sarongs on a beach being fabulous because that is something that straight cis people get to have all the time. They They got
0: their, it's, they got their like girls trip episode, which every single like female show has to have, you know?
1: Yes, but it also still ended. Remember that like pinky like rich guy that they were at the house and and Elektra went up to him in the cage and like she was giving him his keys right to like unlock himself and she was just like, do you understand how rich and privileged and luxurious your life is? Like you get to choose loneliness. That's what gets you off. Most people don't have a choice and she like drops the keys into the cage and then um, yeah and then leaves. I just thought that was such a great button on the episode. Um, that was mostly a fun episode, you know. Yeah. They even had like Blanca almost drowning, which for I didn't for a second believe. <laughs> I was like, they are not killing her by drowning. If they had, I would have been pissed. <laughs> of course, as soon as I saw the lifeguard come, I was like, oh, this is what this is for. We they yeah, Blanca needs trade. So we yeah.
0: Got, <laughs> um, speaking of black queer women, I texted you that you said this is old news. I didn't know that um, Whitney Houston was queer.
1: Yes. Now, there are people who will dispute that. Yeah. Okay. But yes, it is believed that she had um, an affair with one of her close friends. And due to her religion, pressure of her family, her career, she really couldn't fulfill that fully. And many people believe that contributed to her depression and drug use and ultimately her death.
0: Which made a lot of sense to me. And I found out because that friend, whose name is Robin, I think, um, went on Red Table Talk and Jada and her had a one-on-one interview because mm-hmm. she wrote a book about it and said, which made me so sad that she was like, yeah, we were like young lovers. And then when she signed her contract, she was like, hey, I think I'm going to be Christian and whatever. That was so, um, it was so sad to hear. And it really, yeah, it really made me be like, wow, that would make a lot of sense of like why she had so many, um, why she had such demons to fight or her frustration in her drug use you know
1: and I don't know anything about yourself you just start you just I feel like it's inevitable that you're gonna spiral in whatever the way that is whether it's drug use drinking becoming a conservative senator and like making your vendetta against the very people that you're a part of that you don't want to admit that you're a part of I feel like people just spiral you know or it's that like weird gay guy who Although I don't think he's positive, but there's some gay white politician in West Hollywood who's like killing black men and has been getting away with it. Oh my God. We saw- That, sto- we that story saw,
0: is so crazy.
1: We saw that black uh, porn performer's picture in front of the Department of Justice building when we went down to the demonstration. And I recognized him because I honestly had was a fan of his porn. I mean, I masturbated to his porn since I was like a teenager. I had no idea that he had passed away and he had just passed away a few years ago at the hands of this white, um, older gay senator who has a history of drugging black gay men who he pays to have sex with him because they're a lot of times porn performers or sex workers. And then they like all mysteriously end up dying, but it was the police who shot the victim who was this black um, gay porn performer. Um, And they just shot him even though he was the victim. Uh, and obviously, you know they shot him because he's this like big six foot four black dude. So of course they're like the police. I don't know. They have this thing where they they think it's okay to shoot people like that. Did you hear about the... Um,
0: the young Latino kid?
1: The young Latino kid, 18. Yeah. Andres, for okay. eight, eighteen. 18. All that dude was trying to do was wake up early in the morning to, to go to his security guard job outside of some fucking auto body shop. And the police fucking shot him seven times. And of course the police, um, I've watched countless videos of the police like breaking into black people's homes, like full on guns. People don't know what's happening. They just see these people with guns. You just get frightened and scared. That's why he's a child. He was 18, he ran because he was fucking scared. All these videos of the police um, with these no-knock warrants, like barging into black families' homes all over the country, what what happens? Everyone starts to scream and get scared because they think the house is being broken into, and then they justify them being scared. They justify them murdering these people because they're like, "Oh, he ran, yeah, he ran away, and we thought he had a gun, and they shot him anyways." But what's the real kicker is. You know the police are lying because all the cameras around the auto body shop have been shot out. Obviously. Mm. But, you know, that poor boy. I mean, he was a he was a boy. They just fucking shot him. He was just trying, he wanted to be a nurse. He's just this Mexican kid from South LA. Where is he from? Gardena? I mean, you know, and that that also just goes to show like Latinos, we are also highly victimized, brutalized, and murdered by the police. Um, not as much as Black people are, but we're up there. We have high incarceration rates, uh, too, along with Black people, which is why I don't understand when there are Latinos who don't stand with Black Lives Matter. It's like Black Lives Matter is not only fighting for Black lives and to end police brutality, but they, what, what they're fighting for directly benefits you as a Latino person. It directly benefits you. Um, So not only should you be standing with black people because they're human beings, you know, but also the movement benefits you, you know? Um, And this is just a prime example. I mean, just so fucking sad. I
0: know. There's literally nothing to say, it's like...
1: I saw, I couldn't play it. There was a video of them talking to his parents and his parents were were these uh, Mexican people speaking Spanish. And I couldn't play it because I was like, I cannot hear his parents. I just can't do it. I can't.
0: It's so heartbreaking. I really can't. When I think about it, I mean, of course, the pain of the victims. But then I think of just, I just literally think of the pain of all these mothers. It's just, uh, it's just so oppressive. Like, it's so, I don't know. It's just so fucking tragic.
1: Um, speaking, though, of Latino things, I do actually want to go back to Pose for a little bit. I do just want to say one thing. I really love how they're including Black Latinos mm-hmm. in the show. Because Black Latinos, they get shafted by like the Latino community, like the non-Black Latinos, who either don't consider them real Latinos or consider them less than or hyphenates or whatever. But then a lot of times, they may not be involved as much in like mainstream Black American media because there's like a foreignness. So I really like that they have like two characters who those actresses India and MJ are actual like black Latinas, you know. Yeah.
0: Is is Blanca's character she's Dominican?
1: She's Dominican. Yeah. I think India Moore's character is um Puerto Rican, but I yeah. think wrong because I think India herself is is a black Puerto Rican. Uh, okay. Woman. But yeah. I know that they're both um they're both black Latinas. So I just really appreciate that because I do think that they get kind of the worst, like the worst of both worlds because they don't, they, they're like not accepted fully by like the Latino community, but then they also get, are victimized and brutalized and killed just like any other black person in America, you know, and then they not get the representation in media that they, you know, so.
0: Yeah.
1: Really appreciate that. Um, so. And they're all,
0: all the women on that show are beautiful, but India Moore is like, the most beautiful one of the most beautiful women on the planet
1: yeah but I also I cannot stop looking at Electra
0: oh yeah she's like goddess regal chiseled her cheekbones are like truly chiseled out of marble
1: but then of course we also like need like we also like need trans women who are like not gorgeous because not every cis person is gorgeous you know we need that too because right now even though I love pose and everything it is because we're just at the very beginning of like trans people getting mainstream representation we're still in this like yes but we need them to be the most beautiful glamorous yeah it's Hollywood treatment yeah Hollywood treatment
0: yeah it's true yeah and that Um,
1: that even needs to happen even with like gay men too because more often than not gay men are just portrayed as like he's like gorgeous and it's like no there are like ugly gay men and they matter too
0: are you saying ugly lives matter no
1: don't don't. (laughs) cut that
0: (laughs) oh my god um are there any other people you wanted to shout out
1: um oh i just wanted to shout out the get out review episode of our dear friend and very funny comedian crystal adams podcast black card rehab
0: it was, it was a really good
1: episode. It was such a good episode. So they basically just review Crystal and her friend Paige, who's the co-host. Yeah. Um, they review Get Out, which we know came out like three years ago, but it's just their review is very special because they go very deep into it. Um, and it's just such a fun episode. I think it really encapsulates what's really fun about the podcast in general. Even though they've had many great guests, I do like, that crystal and Paige have a great chemistry doing a no guest episode yeah you know I, mean? I really do like that and i can also hear from crystal more which yeah. i really love um but there's so many um good episodes on that they did one about central avenue with madison shepherd which was very enlightening and connects a lot to like the zoot suit riots and stuff which people didn't know and i didn't really know a lot about like central avenue so it was a. Uh, it's a good podcast to listen to.
0: It's very good. I love, um, I believe Jill Chrissy did the episode on black hair and that was very, very interesting. That one broke my heart. She said, um, it made me so, it made me so sad. She said like, she felt like she missed out on stuff as a child because her mom was obsessed with like keeping her hair like um, neat. So like, she was like, I wasn't allowed to go swimming. I wasn't allowed to like do all these things because my mom was always telling me like, don't mess up your hair, don't mess up your hair. And that um, really was like really fucking heartbreaking. But, that episode's very informative. There's a lot, yeah. So go check out Crystal's Black Card Rehab one. Um, I also I'm trying to see other.
1: Um, oh, Becoming on Netflix. You guys need to watch that. I'm sure. So st- I'm sure most people have watched Becoming. Um, I
0: haven't watched it yet. I read the book, but I haven't. And also Michelle Obama's. Mem- that's such a good memoir. Also one of the best memoirs.
1: Well, you read the book. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: A- but I want to see the tour.
1: Oh, it's great because she. Fi- my favorite part about it is that she finally gets to show the full Michelle Obama. yeah. Maybe not the full one because we don't know her behind closed doors, but much more than she could be as first lady. She was able to kind of be more relaxed and more real because she didn't have like the pressure of being a first lady. And she talks about how like being a first lady, it's like being under a microscope every single second. So it was just really cool to see her be so real in front of like stadiums of people, and I think that's why people love her so much. You know,
0: she, I, I truly love her so much, and I, I hate to say this, I, I must love her more than Beyonce. I'm saying it.
1: Um, that's fine. Just right?
0: because she's such a, um because also because she's the most relatable. Because Beyonce, it's like we're not all like amazing, you know, whatever. But Michelle Obama is like truly like an everyday woman who is like so smart, so. Like she's beautiful too. She's like so smart, so level-headed, so reasonable, so compassionate, so um, like ambitious. She just is like such a wonderful, like I always think I go, God, I wish, she's like the kind of woman that I, I wish she was like my best friend's mom growing up. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah,
1: I also just, I, I love her the most because of how real she is about situations that I think as humans and as Americans we build up. Like her saying, oh yeah, I've been in rooms with some of the most powerful people and I'm here to tell you, like, a lot of them are not that smart. And she even said in Becoming in the, in the tour documentary, um, oh yeah, I went to Princeton and I was surprised that there was a lot of kids there who were not as smart as I thought that they would be, which, yeah. and she even said to so who's, uh, because they let in people who are like athletes, affirmative, um, uh, not affirmative action, athletes legacies. legacies. Mm-hmm. So um, right. people who are like mostly white kids in the upper echelons of society who are like families are are very close with those universities. Like a lot of those kids go to these very fancy schools that these kids from the South Side of Chicago are like fighting tooth and nail and doing everything they can to get there. Um, and she even said, so who's really benefiting from affirmative action here? And I was like, That is such a great point about anyone who criticizes Mm -hmm. people of color for getting affirmative action in college. It's like, no, no, no. White people have been getting affirmative action for hundreds of years.
0: The nepotism is like wild. I also love her. I mean, first of all, I love that she was Barack's boss. He was her intern when they met. Oh, yeah. Like, I love that so much. I love that she was so honest, too, about like, I did not want to be first lady. Like I didn't want. She said I told him that he could run because I was like he'll lose. He's black. And then she was like, "Fuck! I can't believe he won." Like she's so um, that is so, so straightforward. So I, I I just I I fucking love her so much, and I can't wait to watch the coming. It'll be great. I feel like we don't have that much joy in this episode, but because shit fucking sucks and it's crazy. It is but,
1: true. But we also we we have another episode coming that is much more joyous that's not as focused on these topics but we have to talk about it because yeah of course we don't get to see each other that much Katie like you're my best friend and it's we, and we live very close to each other but we yeah. just can't see each other so we do need to like decompress
0: no of course and, and I want to be like I think everybody especially who has a podcast which is everybody like doesn't know how to deal but yeah I don't know I just I feel like I'm in a very like quiet and reflective time for the most part and it's just wild like I, I just don't know when we'll all see each other like I mean I you know we can like at protests or whatever but it's just like when's the next time we're all going to be in a room together I don't know I feel like I'm in a weird mood now but it's okay
1: but but just know this the next time we're in a room together Katie I'm going to be a big fucking hairy muscle bear bitch I'm going to have like a huge tip <laughs> and big Are
0: you becoming a bear is that your ultimate goal
1: Like a muscle bear. Like I want muscle, but I'm fat over the muscle.
0: You want to you want to be a thick bitch.
1: (laughs) Yes, because you want muscles so that you're healthy and strong. And so that you could like punch a bitch. But then you also (laughs) punch uh, a cop (laughs) By bitch I (laughs) mean. And then um you want some fat over it. So that you have some jiggle for the wiggle. You know like. <laughs>
0: and that's where your Raisinets come in. You're just eating I, a bowl of Raisinets right now. And I love it. Yeah.
1: Because the thing is, is, I don't find it sexy when guys are just muscle because it doesn't really move. And it doesn't look, I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for my nether regions. It just doesn't. But when that, when guys have muscle, but then they have some like beef over the muscles and like fat, I think that's very sexy. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and so I just want to like be what I think is sexy.
0: I support your body journey. I'm so excited for you.
1: But see, this is healthier, right? Because in this body yes. journey, unlike in my mid-20s, remember yes. my mid-20s, I was like, I had two almonds today. <laughs> I need to, like, and I and it worked. I got so thin, right? You
0: were truly, anorex- like, I mean, you weren't anorexic, but you were so gauntly thin. You were like. So thin. Yeah, but in I, this
1: journey, it's all about lifting and eating. And you have to eat. Like, and a
0: vibrant like, lifestyle. So it's good.
1: Yeah. It's all about lifting, eating, and nipple play.
0: Well, I'm very excited to see your um, thick, bare ass in person.
1: Well, <laughs> you know what I actually thought of? Now, <laughs> now that I have a second bedroom, like, should I film myself working out clothed, like in little shorts, and put it on OnlyFans or Connect Pal, you know, those, like, pay for yeah. type things? And it's just people who, like Sherry Pie, want to see me get bigger, but I'm not doing anything pornographic. I'm literally just working out, and they just... They pay me five dollars, and they just. I mean, sure.
0: Up. If you can make it, I mean, if you can make it.
1: Imagine if that became my primary income, and it was just me working out in little shorts, and men just being like, "Oh yeah, I, I love seeing you get bigger each video." Bulk
0: up. It's bu- like wh- what's the what's the what's the name of that fetish when you like to see someone not like feed or not like over, but Gain. like bulking oh, feeding
1: and feeding. Yeah, but there's several different types of uh, gaining and feeding. I know a lot about this.
0: This is proteining. <laughs> That's
1: like your So there's fat gainers who just want like big like to be big and fat, right? And then there are muscle gainers who it's about gaining muscle. Oh so my I would God. be a gain- I would be a muscle gainer. But I would still have pizza, you know.
0: <laughs> With a side of raisinette.
1: Hey, you wanted some levity in the episode. <laughs> it's true. <Especially laughs> the end.
0: Oh man. Well, I think we uh, I think we've done it. Okay, guys. We solved it, guys. We solved all of society.
1: Until next time. Next episode, uh, Katie's going to tell us the tales of the North. Yes. Because she's going up to the forest uh, soon. Um, I'll bring
0: back all the tea from the little nymphs.
1: Yes. And also, don't do meth up there. I know I joked. I know. Last episode, we were about doing meth up there. But don't do it because uh, you can't clean the forest. So imagine you just high on meth running around the forest trying to clean <laughs>
0: just scrub little leaves yeah. <laughs> well guys i guess we did it and until next time bye, bye. <laughs> oh my god um